Praise the Lord. Good evening. And thank God for the time we have here today. Lord, we give this time to you, and I give myself to you to use me, Lord God, for your glory. Holy Ghost, you know I am totally nothing without you. These people are here tonight for you. You know them well. You know what they're going through. Lord, here I am. Use me, Lord, tonight. Let this place be filled with your presence. Let no one live here tonight the same way they come. We thank you as we take authority and break the power of the enemy over every life and against this meeting tonight. Thank you, Father, for your wonderful presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, the Lord has shown me some things, even in this trip as I came, which I'll take time to share with you, and then I'll be praying with you tonight. Praise the Lord. And, um, and the Lord has sent me to strengthen you. And he sent me to strengthen you tonight. And I think I'm going to begin in this very place in Isaiah 52. Isaiah 52 says, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake yourself from the dust, arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. And one of the things the Lord has made me to know, and even as I travel in many parts of the world, I have sensed a kind of, I don't know, weakness and tiredness and discouragement. And people are just kind of frozen in time. In the church, you say, a sense of gloom is settling in. Lukewarmness, indifference, lack of motivation, and lack of drive. Somehow, it seems the enemy is sucking out strength from the body of Christ. There's a lack of passion, a lack of zeal, a lack of motivation. There's a weakening, there's a kind of some kind of spiritual atmosphere that is a, a mist, a cloud, a shadow, a fog that is sucking strength and energy out of God's people. And it is kind of an infusion. And it's not from God, it's demonic. And there's a kind of lethargy, discontent, disconnect, tiredness, boredom. Somehow, spiritual boredom. People are looking for drinking more coffee now just to keep to breed. We don't need caffeine more. We need more of the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost anointing, not the caffeine anointing. Years ago, I was having some cramps on my body, my head. I was in my friend's home. Danny don't know where he was here with me some time ago. And I was feeling terribly bad now. And I said, Lord, heal me, heal me. I'm going to preach tonight, heal me. He didn't talk to me. I said, Lord, please heal me. Did you hear me? I said, heal me. I, I'm feeling some kind of cramps on my head. And please don't get offended with what I'm going to say now. That's what the Lord told me. He said it to me, not to you. I heard him say, if he stopped drinking coffee, I heal him. And I had her behind me. I said, 
I said, well, my friend Danny, he was here with me, you know. And I used to be in his home every morning. And I don't drink coffee like that. I drink one cup a day. And it has to be a little coffee with a lot of milk. Then. <laughs> so, in, and it has to be in the morning. I can't try anything in family. If I drink anything more, I won't sleep in the night. So every time I'm in Danny's home, he himself, every morning as he goes out in the morning, he'll prepare my coffee on the table before he leaves. And so, and when the Lord said that to me, if he stopped bringing coffee, I heal him. So I just said, well, stupid coffee, get out of my, get out of here. So I just stopped drinking the coffee. And the next day he healed me. And I was totally healed. The healing is good. Anybody love to be healed? Now, being well is great. Being strong. If I'm not strong, I will not be here. You know, and I really, I, I hate sickness. I hate pain. I can't endure to see somebody in pain. You know, I really love people to be healthy. Even if you don't have this and that, but you are healthy and strong. And much more if you are healthy here. It's very important because if you are sick here, you are terribly sick. You know, so, and, and the Lord healed me. And I was free. Then my friend Danny, he comes home first day and, and sees the coffee here. Because normally I always drink it when he makes it. And he said, the coffee is still there. First day. Second day he comes, he look again, the coffee is still there. Third day, he said to me, what happened? You're not drinking? I said, no, I just stopped. He said, you just stopped like that? I said, yeah, I just stopped. I said, the Lord said, if you stop drinking coffee, I heal him. So I stopped. Am I going to die for coffee? He said, so you were able to stop like that? I said, I can't stop anything. That I cannot stop loving God. <laughs> and I can't stop loving my wife. I think she's maybe watching me. Today. Hey, baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> she said, I'll try to be awake. I said, why don't you go to bed? You know, you've heard all the preaching. He was telling the preacher all the time. So I just stopped, and he healed me. Listen, God wants you to be strong. Strength, ability, full of life. And energy more than you need, so you can have some to give out. And the Lord sent me here to strengthen you tonight. Even those of you online, there's a release of supernatural divine force and energy here tonight. God wants you to be strengthened in your inner man, in your mind, in your body, in your physical body. He wants you to be strengthened and shake off all those things that hold you down and make you weak and make you tired and make you lethargic and you're just kind of, you know, frozen. God wants you and I to be full of divine strength and energy. Can somebody say hallelujah? It is the will of God. And if you remember there, in, in Isaiah 35, he says, strengthen the weak knees, the weak hands and the feeble knees, and make straight path for your feet, so that what is lame will not be torn out of the way, but rather be healed. If in, in chapter 35 of Isaiah, verse um, 
3, it says, strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. They shall the lame man leap as unheard, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out in streams in the desert. And the patch ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water in the heavens of dragons, where each layer shall be grass with reeds and rushes. God wants to visit your life with supernatural strength and infusion of divine energy. That's one thing you can have. You can be sure to have in Christ Jesus. Empowered. Made strong. Enabled. By the force of God. By God's uncreated power. By God's ability. God make you able and enable you and energize you and charge you up. If I tell you how many places I've been in this year, how many places I've been, and how many people I've laid hands on this year, it will shock you in different continents. We finished our Majesty Conference on 17th of September, and there were hundreds of people come from all over. It began by one in the morning, one in the afternoon, we closed about 7 p.m. I laid hands on hundreds and hundreds, everybody, and prayed for everyone for hours. My daughter said to me, my daughter Anna said to me, Dad, you have that kind of strength to pray for everybody. Where do you get that power from? I said, you know where I get it from. Sometimes I see these young people, youths, they're all tired and weak. They can't focus. They can't concentrate. Even in their studies, their mind is quickly gone. Come on. This is not the Christian life. What makes you have to try to find what weakens you? What makes you weak? What is that pipeline of weakness? The devil wants you weak and tired and bound and broken. God wanted to be full of energy and power. God doesn't want you to have weak Christians and weak men and women who can't even get out of bed. Always tired, always weak. And when you are weak and tired, you become dirty. Can't even clean your room. Can't even clean your kitchen. Your car is like a garbage dump. You know, and and you can't even clean up yourself. God wants you to be full of strength and energy. This is one thing we gain when we walk with the Lord. You gain, you have divine strength, divine energy. Can somebody say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Everybody likes to be with somebody who is energetic. Who have the full of life. Who have the rhythm of life. And tonight, I am plugging some of you back to the charger. And you're going to be charged with divine energy. Somebody say hallelujah. I was speaking that in Mississippi and they were so charged. The atmosphere was charged with divine electric. 
And I'm plugging you tonight to divine electric. Somebody say hallelujah. So you can be charged. And somebody will ask you, where did you get that strength from? You know, I was preaching there last, in the springtime in Mississippi, in the church there in Kerry. I have the testimony here on the video. And I was telling the people, you can bring in handkerchief for those who are homesick or whatever. I could lay hands on the hanky. And the lady just had a testimony here on the video. And she said, she didn't even have a hanky. She she picked a paper towel, just two of them, and brought them to me. So I prayed for it. She put it in her purse and went to Arkansas. And she said her daughter's son was in the school and had a terrible allergy attack and was basically passed out. They tried all they could do for him. They couldn't help him. And they put him in the room and locked him up there. And he already had the spots all over his face, some kind of spots all over his face. And there he was, she was, just had the paper towels. She's sitting down there wondering, what do I do with this child? Heck, what am I going to do? She didn't know what, she said, oh, let me see if I still have that paper towel in my purse. And she opened her purse and find those little thing that I prayed for, this paper towel. And she, she took it. And she took the paper towel and she, this is her testimony. She said, the moment I dropped it on the boy, he jumped up. And he said, mom, I died. I died. I was dead. I died. <laughs> now you are alive, okay. <laughs> And you remember Elijah, Elisha, he was dead and they were about to bury him. I mean, a man was dead and they was about to bury the man. And, and then as they were about to bury the man, they saw the enemy coming. So they threw him into the, to, the, to the grave of Elisha. The Bible said when the man hit Elisha's bone, he came back to life. Amen. God wants you and I to be infused with the resurrection force. A divine spark. Spark. That's why it says, those that shall lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. I told you the story many times here. Well, years ago, I was in Cameroon, and I was going this way, and the man was going that way, and we stopped and greeted. I said, hello. He said, Hello. As I kept going, he turned back and started following me. I said, you're turning back? Where are you going? He said, no. I was going to the pharmacy to buy a drug. I've been sick for days of fever. The moment I shook your hand, I was healed. I'm going back to my shop. <laughs> God wants to infuse you with divine electricity. This world is rotten and cold and frozen, and damp. And listen, you better be careful what you open your mind and eyes to watch. What you are seeing on television and in politics is a demonic game. It's a poison from the pit of hell. It is no more human. It is to weaken you. It is to paralyze you. It is to, it is to completely dismember you. So there's there's a, something in the air, in the atmosphere, all over the world. It's demoralizing people. The things you hear, the things you feel, the things you sense. There's a kind of a weakening force. The devil is casting a, a monstrous, hypnotic spell over humanity. 
and much more among the Christians, among the believers. He wants to paralyze the church and make it weak and tired and dysfunctional. So that nobody will ever go to church anymore. But that will never happen. Because right now, Christ is tuning up the divine electricity in the church among his sons and daughters. Can somebody say hallelujah? We have to be the life bearer. We have to carry the spark of God. The spark, the divine infusion of divine energy. Somebody say hallelujah. Where you are totally, completely energized. Your spirit, your soul, your body, your mind is a spark in your being. Hallelujah. And you carry the force of God. And anybody you touch, anywhere you people's eyes, people came and sat down where I sat and they get kicked up by the power of God. That's where I sat. God wants you to carry divine force. You will affect people and things that they won't even, you won't even know it happened. Awake, awake, put on your strength. This kind of tiredness and boredom and discontent, people are becoming spirit, spiritless, unmotivated, not driven, frozen, just completely given up. On life, they are looking, for, there's nothing encouraging, there's nothing. So America is so full of entertainment. People are looking for some motivation, some, some things, some spark, some special man, some special woman that can come and give them a little spark of life. But God doesn't want you to depend on the outside. He wants to give you an inbuilt electricity. They can always charge yourself. Tell somebody, charge yourself. Learn to charge yourself. And why is that happening? Part of it is what the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 24. He said that men's heart will be failing them as they begin to see what is happening in the world. Wars, rumors of wars. And you see the leaders, some of the people who are leading the world today, who leading the world? Some of them are like some of them are like ghosts. They, 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 they really before. I mean, a leader is supposed to have a force in them. You know what I mean by force? A real leader have to have a force. But if you see leaders who are who have no force in them, you can see that it's like a ghost. You know, most of the people I see leaders in the world, they're like a ghosts. Their voice doesn't. Spark nothing. Their voice doesn't bring any, doesn't give any direction or motivation or even hope. They just, they tell that someone are just completely like, they just, they just look like as if they are dead. All over the world. You look, check it out and see. Before, when the leaders speak, there's a release, there's a force released. There's a motivation, there's a hope, there's a direction, there's a, the nation is charged. Now you don't have it. Just like a father, I was talking with the man today, like a father, a father has to be charged and give direction and energy and motivation to the wife, to the children. Somebody say hallelujah. They ought to see hope in your eyes and the force in your voice. When, when you come in, there's, oh, there's an expectation. 
this if you are charged, you're, you have a, a drive, you have a motivation. It'll be dolls, trembling, hey, I'm going to live again. Come on, that's not the way to live. You ought to carry divine force in your life and your eyes are charged with hope. Somebody say hallelujah. And you can impart strength and energy and direction to your wife and to your children. You can motivate them. There's a lack in, in motivation. And America is slowly, slowly becoming frozen. There is no voice of positive Motivation. When you see almost corpses on the throne, it casts a spell of death over the entire nation. We need living men and women to be in power, not dead ones. Not frozen people. Those frozen people, they should be resurrected and have life in them. The Lord Jesus said, as the father has life in himself, so he has led the son also to have life in him. Jesus Christ wants you and I to carry with us the force of life. Life is good. Why I love life is because it is full of pulsation. The rhythm of eternal life is strong because it is connected to the heart of God. When there's nothing to motivate, nothing to encourage you from the outside, you can run inside and receive the heartbeat of God. Can somebody say hallelujah? And so Jesus, our Lord said, he said, when then the man's heart will begin to fail them as they begin to see what is happening in the world. In Matthew 24, man's hearts fell in them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. This is where we are getting into now. The powers of the nations, the strength of the nations. And, and recently, I'm going to share more with you in this area tonight. Just a few days ago, I wrote, I wrote this down. The Lord showed me what is about to happen on earth in the area of the economy and the finances. Really recently, I wrote it down. It's going to be global. And I want to, God to use me to prepare you and make you strong so you can be ready for the coming change. 2012, August 2nd, 3 a.m. in the morning, I had a divine visitation. And I asked the Lord, when are you coming back? And he showed me some things. And he said, then and then and then. Then the first then, which I knew going to be global, the, the COVID. Then the come the war. There's something about to come. There is most likely what I saw. It may be, it may take some few, maybe between now and five years, or even quicker than I think. But there's going to come a very severe economic financial crunch. The python, the devil, is squeezing out money out of the hands of people. 
demons, devils, witches, wizards, these occult billionaires. The occult billionaires and millionaires who are running the nations of the world. They want to squeeze the ordinary people and bring them down on their knees. They want many people to die. They want to raise the population of, of the world. Part of the plan is to squeeze money out of people so they will die out. Hunger, poverty, starvation. They want to own your houses because you cannot pay with the mortgages. Few people up there who are ruling for Satan. Many of these multi-billionaires, many of them are satanic. They are in court with Lucifer. They are in league with Satan. Most of them are in secret societies. They are in cult. They are not ordinary people. They come and play a good man, but inside they are wizards. They are, they are in line with Lucifer. And they are squeezing the people out of every nickels and dime. And Satan wants to control every penny in your pocket. So either if you don't join him, you can eat. You know, at the end, you're going to be 666. You can buy or sell or let's have the mark of the beast. That mark of the beast is already having an influence on earth today. It's squeezing out the economies of the world. With the COVID, with the wars, and with all these funny leaders on earth today, there's a big hole in the economy of the world. But God wants to prepare his church ahead of time. He wants to strengthen his body financially because the devil wants to squeeze money out of the church so they cannot be able to pay their bills. They can't be able to be on television or do any crusades or big things for God anymore. He wants to squeeze the church to a hole. But we will not let that happen. As long as we are here on earth, we will tell the devil, not your will, but the will of God we done. Can somebody say hallelujah? And just bear, bear with me tonight because I'm going to tell you some things about money that you may not like. But anyway, most of the things I say, you don't like them anyway. No problem. You know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. As I was, I had this dream. God is my witness. I called a sister in Tallahassee and told her about it a week ago. And then today as I was preparing for this meeting, I was just taking a shower and the Lord brought that again back to me. I have to share it with you. But I believe God wants to strengthen the church in the area of money and finances. You know that Joseph was able basically to convert the whole world of his time, Joseph, because of his dreams and revelation. Joseph came to a time where he was controlling every wealth on earth. You have to see Joseph if you want to leave. We are now in the Joseph season. God is bringing a new anointing to anoint the Josephs of this time. As there's going to come an economic collapse, God wants to raise up men and women in this end time who will be the, take the place in the mantle and anointing of Joseph. Who will have the storehouse, the key to the storehouse of wealth and blessings. Can somebody say hallelujah? hallelujah. And if somebody here tonight, God wants to anoint you with the anointing of Joseph. He will give you the key of Joseph where you are able to have access to the storehouse of blessings. And people in this terrible time of crisis will come to you for help. God will put wealth in your hand, not for you, but for his people in this end time. Can somebody say, praise the Lord. 
So men's heart fell in them because of what's coming to happen on earth. David said in Psalm 61, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Say with me, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Psalm 61. Yes, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Now, many people today, when their heart is overwhelmed, they put a movie. They go for a cigarette. They go for a drink. They look for some kind of entertainment. I'm so tired. I'm so overwhelmed. Boom, they put something to watch. Or they call that man or that woman or that boy. Or they call whatever they can call. But when their hearts are overwhelmed, they never run to the rock. When their heart is overwhelmed, they stop going to church. I'm just tired. I cannot go today. When you are tired, that's when you ought to go to the church. When you are overwhelmed, that's the time you need to seek the rock who is higher than you. You have to run to God at that time. Why do we do the same stupid, foolish, empty-headed mistakes? If you run out of gas, that's not the time to run away from gas station. It's the time to run near to the gas station. You use the last one. Just push the gas station. How come people, how, why are Christians acting funny? You know, here you are broken, beaten down, rotten, sinking in sin, and you don't go to church. Yes, the hammer don't feel good. That's the time you ought to drive yourself to the gas station. I even tell somebody, come and pull me there. Why are we why are we silly? Now listen, mostly the Western Christians, they are more silly than those in Africa and Asia. You plus Paul in the wrong in the wrong sense. Why not? I'm tired. That's when you ought to carry your tires safe to church. Imagine you being here tonight. I stay online. I pray your internet go off. Come on, people. When you are overwhelmed, say with me, when I am overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher. That's the time to run to the rock. Somebody say hallelujah. And, and then in Psalms 27, it says, it says these words. He said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now we are in that season where there's overwhelmed with negativism, with fear and anxiety and hopelessness, and he's just tired of life itself. Today, people are committing suicide. Young people are cutting up their veins. They are under heavy pressure. There has never been a more pressured generation like we have now. Young people are so under heavy pressure, sexual pressure, Emotional trauma, psychological, mental. They, they are under so much pressure and they are, exp they are exposed to so much junk and nonsense. 
come on, why do you hurt yourself? Why do you hurt life? Why read those things? Why hear them? Why watch them? Does that make you strong? Why don't we focus on what makes us strong? Why don't you try to know what makes you strong, what edifies you? This is how you become a wise person or a wise Christian. You try to know what makes me strong. Who makes me strong? Where do I go and I'm charged and encouraged and strengthened and informed? You have to try to ask yourself, these things I'm doing, does it edify me? Does it build me up? Does it make me stronger? Does it strengthen me in Christ? Come on, people. Why do we abandon ourselves to tiredness and weakness and do things that suck energy, sap us of energy? Here you are going to the bar. What will you get there? What that, that, that music you are playing, what, how will that strengthen you? You are coming to church on Sunday morning and you are watching movie till 4 a.m. Is that not stupidity? Then you come and say, hallelujah, bless me. You are singing out of a foolish mind. We are wasting so much. We are wasting the precious salvation that God has given to us. We are making stupid choices. Listen, the Christian life is not a broad life. It's a narrow life. It's a narrow way. You have to know what makes me strong. What empowers me? How can I be my best in God's presence? Can somebody say hallelujah? Why do we expose ourselves to what breaks us down? You hear things. You watch things. You listen to things. You expose yourself to things and people and places that breaks you down. Stop that. That's a slow suicide. You have to understand yourself. If, if, if I give you this cup, this bottle, it is full of poison. It's poison. And I say, hey, drink it. Drink it. You will say to me, no, 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 that's poison. It will break my organ. It will destroy my body. Why won't you drink it? Because you know yourself. You know it will ruin your body. The same way today, Christians are drinking poison, thinking they are enjoying life. Oh, my friends say we should go here. We should go there. I have to go with them, you know. I have to watch it with them. I have to drink with them because, because come on. Come on, if you understand the, the life of your spirit being, if you know the life of God in you, you won't be doing something that will destroy you. You won't be speaking words that breaks your faith, that ruins your confidence in God. You won't be thinking thoughts that actually disconnects you from your source of strength. Those little, little stupid nonsenses breaks you down and you don't even know. They become tired and weakened, discouraged, and completely given up. We, it is time we become wise. Stop doing things that weakens you. That woman is not your wife. That woman is not your wife. Why stay with her that long to the night? Why stay with a woman that is not your wife? Way into Oh, we were doing nothing. We didn't do nothing. You are so stupid. You are silly. Listen, you don't need to do anything to become weak. Just to be in an environment of uncleanness and the devil have his chance. You are giving Lucifer access to your soul. You don't need to do nothing. Just be around there. 
It will suck all the energy out of you. Demons suck energy out of your soul. Then you go to bed, then you have a sexual dream. Then you wake up in the morning and you are completely, yeah, you are like Buddha. Why weaken yourself? Here you are, drinking beer and drinking alcohol and drinking that, and you're still going to be strong on Sunday morning? No, you're going to be weak. Don't give your strength to women, not to men. People, this ought not to be said in the church by this time, but I'm so sorry we have to say them. You, we are acting so foolish and so stupid. We are neglecting such an important life God gave to us. Why stay? That girl, she got her skirt all the way here. You think you are superhuman? You think you are a, a stick? Here you are, you are watching pornography. Like Samson, while you watch, you are shaved. I go to church, hallelujah. Stupid, you are down to the bottom. You are crazy. Why do we make the same stupid mistake? That man is not your wife, husband. That man is not your husband. You are not married even yet. Why hang around him till midnight? Oh, we didn't do nothing. No, you did a, lot, did a lot of nonsense. You don't need to do anything to be stupid and to be broken in pieces. Just being in that atmosphere, the devils annoy the atmosphere. They spray their perfume and you are gradually going down. And the energy of God in your inner man is sucked out. And then you can no more pray. You are tired. And you can pray. And it's Sunday morning and you're so weak you can't even go to church. Because all the energy in your inner man is sucked out. You are dry and empty. And now what happened? Lost and into your eyes. You can no more turn away your eyes from those nonsense you used to turn away. You have no more energy to turn your eyes away. So now you keep on looking and looking and looking and you are defiled. The more you are defiled, the more you lose the gifts of the spirit. You can no more have dreams in the night. Your dreams become perverted by demons. And then your thought is twisted. Sensual, sexual, foolish, nonsense. Then anxiety steps in. And you are going down. The church is some kind of frozen and tired and lacking energy and motivation. And as I have told you before, I tell you again, be careful, stop meddling with politics. It has a spirit. It is not the Holy Spirit. The devil will use politics to defile your soul. Now remember, the Lord Jesus Christ said, when you see the abomination of what? Desolation. Can you find out for me? Think Matthew there, 24. When you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place. Say with me, abomination, abomination. of desolation standing where? In the holy place. Now remember, Lucifer never ever intended to get out of heaven. In fact, they had to fight to force him out. His intention was to, I can find out for you, his intention was to basically rise up to the mount of God, is that right? And take over heaven. They had to force him. He's up there, okay. When you see, therefore, I'm sure spoken by Prophet Daniel, 
stand where? Where does he stand? In the holy. Not in the unholy place. In the holy place. Satan never intended to get out of heaven. His plan was, I will arise. I will ascend the throne of God. I will be like the most high. I will sit on this throne in the north. His desire has always been to sit in the holy place. And very soon in Jerusalem, when they prepared the temple, the man of sin, the Antichrist, will go there and sit in the altar of God. So the devil's intention and plan on earth is not to take the unbelievers to hell. That's not his ambition. His ambition has always been to stand or sit in the holy place. And the holy place today is the church. The holy place today is the body of Christ. The holy place is not in Vatican. It is not in, 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 in Medina or where, you know, in the, in the Muslim temple. No, no, the holy, it is the devil's passion is to sit enthroned in the heart of the believer. Because he's always going to dethrone God and enthrone himself in your heart, in your mind, in your thinking. His number one target is to sit or stand in the holy place. When you see that, sit in the holy place, then know that the end is near. When you see the church frozen and tired and even callous and no more really care what they think, what they say, what they do, what they behave, they, and they, they just allow themselves to be just carried away by any kind of stuff, you know, whatever comes, however it comes. Somehow Christians are allowing themselves just to be carried by anything and whatever. They have no, they just let themselves carry the weight. I command that to stop today in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. You can't just float. A child of God is never meant to float in the flood of nonsense and foolishness. The devil's intention has always been to sit or to stand in the holy place. And the, and the holy place today is your body, is your temple. How many Christians today, young people today in the churches, and their body is full of demons? I have known many times I would lay my hands on people and I would see snails, snails all over their body. Uncleanness. Uncleanness. You cannot be strong that way. I challenge you today and those of you online to try to understand what makes you strong and what makes you weak. Run from what weakens you. I was talking with a man today about Joseph, Potiphar's wife. What a, what a great opportunity. The, possibly the most beautiful, the most expensively living woman in the whole nation offered her body to Joseph. Joseph said, no, I cannot sin against my God. A young captive slave. Fathers, no father, no mother, no brother, no church. There was no church then in Egypt for him to attend. There was no pastor there for him to attend. He was all on his own. And the little boy taken captive, sold by his own brothers. Even his also would, would just throw away Bible and throw away God. Say, why did God let that happen to me? Why did God, why did he let my brothers sell me? I don't want to believe anymore. This boy was sold by his own family. And he didn't get offended with God. 
And he still kept his purity in a strange land. Say with me, keep your purity in a strange land. Now the devil will come for a bargain for your body. But you have to let him know this body is not for sale. And boys, if you love the girls, don't touch their bodies. Don't seduce them. Don't marry a seduced woman. Keep it. And girls, if you love the boy, don't seduce him. Don't show him your underwear. Please, protect the one you love. Protect their mind, protect their eyes. Don't send them stupid images and pictures. That's not love, that's hatred. You are trying to dethrone the God in them and enthrone the devil in their hearts. We don't turn them sensual and fleshly and carnal. Why? How come the church is tired? If there's a lot of seduction in the churches, impurity, when there is defilement, and the Holy Ghost grieves and, and he grieves and he just begins to shift away because he is holy, he cannot stand in a holy place. The devil wants to stand in the holy place and defile it. It is your responsibility not to let the abomination of desolation that makes desolate to sit in your holy place. Let him know this temple is holy. It belongs to Christ. It is not for sale. God will give you the grace to stay pure. Purity is power. If you want to be strong, be pure. Be clean. Be holy. Be righteous. Don't sell your flesh to women. That's your glory. Keep it. Keep yourself pure and undefiled. Purity is power. The church has to return back to power. A virgin in a family can save the whole family from accident because of her purity. If your daughters are undefiled, they can save the whole family. They keep the demons out. They keep the devil out because something pure is in that home. They can't get inside. That's why you want to defile your daughters. Defile everybody. Make them unclean so you can have an access in. It is time we get back to purity because purity is power. God wants you and I to be strengthened in this last time. We must recapture the power of purity. Purity in soul. Purity in your thought. Purity in conscience. Pure eyes. So we can see. So Joseph was not willing to sell. He said, hey woman, I, I, I can't do that against God. If I let myself be defiled, I will lose my dreams. I will become blinded in the spirit. I will no more be able to interpret dreams. And my future and my destiny is not in serving your husband. My future and my destiny is interpreting dreams. If I allow myself to be defiled with your body, I will no more see in the spirit. You have to protect the gift of God in your life. If the devil can defile your soul, he will pervert the gift in your life. The demons will take over that gift and turn that dreams and vision into a sexual, sensual, foolish nonsense. Then he will begin to give you his own interpretation of things. So Joseph wouldn't let go. 
If he had allowed himself, because the devil was against one thing in his life. The devil wanted to blind that eyes that see in the spirit. And he knew, if I do this, my ability to interpret dreams and see dreams will be singed. The devil will take over that gift. There have been preachers and pastors who allow themselves to be defiled. And their gifts have been perverted. It's no more pure. It's no more clean. They become now a defiled fountain that produces dirty waters. The gifts are still there, but they are now perverted. They are now twisted. And sometimes they use it now for terrible purposes. Joseph played the wise. He, he preferred to be in prison and still have his dreams than to be defiled in the palace. Everybody has the gift of the Spirit of God. The only way can be in clean, pure manifestation is when we begin to learn to live a pure life. Purity will bring out the purity of God's work in your life into manifestation. When you are defiled in thought, defiled in your soul, every gift of God, even your understanding, even your way of thinking and reasoning becomes perverted. And we are not in time where the devil wants to sit in the holy place, he wants to defile it and sit upon it. I challenge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the love of Christ, keep yourself pure and undefiled. One dream from God can change your whole life. One vision. So you can hear well, hear clearly, see clearly, and understand what God is saying. So you don't have a thousand voices in your mind. This is why the churches today are lacking in visions, in dreams, in revelation. Because there's so much defilement, so much uncleanness. So much pornography, so much impurity, so much lust in the churches. So even though the gifts are there, but the fountains are defiled. They cannot come out clean and clear and pure. Don't be defiled hatred and envy and jealousy. Don't be defiled racism. Keep your fountain pure so you can see clearly in the spirit. And then you can be strong. Purity. Say with me, purity. Is power. If you love your fiance, keep her clean. Say, honey, let's not go too far. Instead, hasten the wedding. <laughs> it's better now. Is that right? It's better, bro. Right? It's better. Just come to pastor quickly and say, pastor, I let's do it quick. I need to kiss this one, but I want to. <laughs> My wife may be watching this. She may be watching. You know, when we get engaged, she said to me, no kissing till after wedding. I said, we think I'm what? What kind of guy? I beg you. I beg you. Keep yourself pure. It may look silly. It may look stupid. It may look as if you're not civilized. Tell them, I don't watch that. I don't drink that. I don't smoke that. I don't go to such places. I'm not going to let myself be defiled by them. We are in the season where we need to hear God and understand what he's saying to our lives. 
God wants the church pure. And if you want to be strengthened mightily, the, the strengthening comes with purity. The more you are separated, the more you are cleansed and sanctified, the more you walk in power, the more you have energy because sin breaks you down. Vanity breaks you down. It makes, it twists your life. It sucks energy from you. Lost, uncleanness, bickering and hatred and uh, vengeance. You think you are hurting somebody, you are stabbing yourself. You are being totally, completely weakened. And when you are so weakened, you don't even care what you eat or what you drink or how you dress. Finally, you let go, you become just completely let go of yourself. You are basically destroyed. You are a walking dead person. Awake, awake. Put on strength, O Zion. Return to purity. Don't wait. Don't, don't wait to repent, but on Sunday. Thank God you don't go to priest here. Thank God for that. Repent in the car immediately. If something you did was wrong, just repent immediately. Immediately before God. Don't give chance. Don't give room. If you have something with your wife, reconcile with her quickly. Don't give room. The Bible says, don't let your anger go over the night. If you let that anger go over the night, you receive the spirit of torment. Torment begins to torment your mind. You won't even know. It begins to weaken and sap you of energy. Do what keeps you strong. The vanity, the sin, the pornography is not what the energy is taking from you. You need your strength at this hour. Energized in your inner man. Energized in your mind. Energized in your body. Can somebody say hallelujah? And when you are full of divine energy, not even disease can cling to your body. It can't stand because you, you are full of divine energy. Can somebody say hallelujah? And so we remember Daniel when he was weakened by vision. The Bible said the Lord spoke to him. He said when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. We are strengthened by word. By hearing the right word. And when the word of God sinks deep into your inner man, you are strengthened. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The word of God strengthens us. When he breathes his word into us, we are made strong. When God speaks to you, he strengthens you by the power of his word. Say with me, Father, in Jesus' name, I open my heart. Strengthen me by the power of your word. The Lord Jesus said, what I'm saying to you, they are spirit and they are life. Then Daniel also was so wicked. He said, and the spirit of God entered into me. And raised me up. The word strengthens you. And the Holy Ghost strengthens you. Years ago, that fellow that was thrown out of heaven appeared in my room. A stupid fellow. He appeared in my room. And then I saw the Holy Ghost enter into me. And I get out. Bind him and he turned like a rat. Right away. The Holy Ghost enters into you. That's why some of you are playing with being filled with the Holy Spirit. You cannot survive in this last hour. You need all the energy and the strength of God now to be able to stand the 
What is happening in the world? The pressure is increasing. You can't just pick what you want. You can't just, you need all divine energy right now. You need to be genuinely, clearly baptized, filled to overflow with the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine when it's accepted. Be continuously filled. So with me, continuously. Continuously. Filled with the Spirit. You see, the Holy Ghost comes to empower and to energize you. That's one thing I love about the Holy Spirit. He's, I've seen him many times. One time, he was trying to get the point across to me. He told me something, and I was sitting doing like and then he spoke with energy, and everything shook. That guy, <laughs> the karma sonte kabayados. I mean, the, brother, the Holy Ghost is, oh. He's not powerful, he's power. He is the power of the highest. He's the finger of Jehovah. When he comes into you, he empowers you with supernatural energy. The power to be pure, the power to be holy, the power to walk in love. You see, you can know all these Bible truths, but you ain't doing none because you have no power to do them. The Holy Ghost has to come and empower you and infuse his energy and enable you to do them. Somebody say hallelujah. Not by power, not by might, not by our own power, by our mind, but by mind, spirit, says the Lord. God that commanded the light of the shine out of darkness have shined in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God on the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this wonderful treasure of eternal life in this earthly vessel, this death-doomed bodies, so that the ability, the energy, the power to accomplish them doesn't come from us, but from God himself. God wants to give you an encounter with his supernatural strength where you are totally empowered. In fact, you can come to your job place, only you are really alive. Only you have the energy. Only you have the strength. Only you is living. You are brisk. You are sharp. You are active. Everybody says dragging. How is it today? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. America. But you are full of divine energy. And they will ask you, where do you get all this strength from? (laughs) And they will say, the Lord is my strength. Somebody say hallelujah. The Lord is my strength. I don't like to live among people who have no energy. Amen, amen. Let's go here. Where I take you to two hours to get ready to brush your teeth. It's tired, you know. You don't even know your trousers is hanging up. I don't like dead people. I like people who are alive. Somebody say hallelujah. Sharp and alive. They are. Everything is alive. Christ wants to empower you, infuse into you divine energy. Receive, receive now in Jesus' name. Receive in Jesus' name. Be strengthened. Be empowered. 
strengthened with might in your inner man. And by his spirit, he strengthened you with might in his inner man unto all patience. Say with me, all patience, long-suffering, oh, joyful. Oh, that's how you can stay alive. You can handle the children and the husband that never say thank you. Oh, the beefsteak was too cold. Oh, it was too that. You, you can live in a home or your job. Everybody is taking energy from you. The children, the dog, the cart, the television, the tea, everything is just, and you just being torn in a thousand pieces from home to the street to the jail, and you are living among dead people where you are receiving no strength from no one. Everybody is getting from you. If you don't know how to charge your battery, they can drag you down. Many pastors are dead. They have to drink so much coffee to start up on Sunday morning. Drink so much coffee. Some of them are already drinking beer, drinking wine. I'm serious. Why? Because their church have no energy. There's no strength of God in the congregation. They are trying to carry everybody by themselves. I was preaching years ago in Jackson, Mississippi, in the Agape Church. Then the thing was John Hancock. And, and I stand there in the stage preaching, and I saw it. I said, uh-oh. I said, very soon, somebody's going to drop down here and die on this puppy. I said, oh, oh, your church is about to collapse. I saw that the, all the, uh, the whole pillars of the building has collapsed in the spirit, the church in the spirit. And only one pillar was holding the entire building. The entire structure in the spirit was hanging on one pillar. I went back to Europe, within a month, the brother called me. Somebody was preaching there. <laughs> Rubber and dead. And then the church <laughs> collapsed. You, we need people in the congregation, men and women, who are strong, who can bear the burden of the church with you. If everything leans on you, they kill you. That's why I tell my people, listen, either you guys get strong or I go to Africa. And I'm, I don't play games because the church is not one-man show. Everybody has to be strengthened and take their place and position. There must be life coming from here, life coming from here, life coming from here, life coming from here. And we come together and we charge each other. Can yes. okay, somebody say hallelujah? Not just one man. Every time one person. No, the time for one man is over. Many others one-man show, it is no more Christianity. They are using all kinds of human, this and that and that. It is no more. They're not even preaching Christ anymore. But for the genuine church, we need to make sure the people, the youth leaders, the choir leader, everybody, they are charged. They are alive. They exhume life and strength. Somebody's hallelujah. The men are alive and active. The women are alive and active. The entire area is charged with the power of God. Somebody say hallelujah. Nobody there, eh, carry me along if you can, carry me if you can, carry me. You know, like if you're driving on the highway and you have no benzene, you go behind a camion, a long, a big truck. You can stand and they can pull you along. That's how many people do in church. They stand behind the pastor. None of them have energy. So pastor will drag everybody like a dead pig. Say, nah, 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 nah. 
And after a while, you just tell somebody be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Tell another person be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Somebody say hallelujah. And so it is God's plan to strengthen you. And like Joseph, the Bible says the, the, the arm of God strengthened him. The eternal arms of God empowered Joseph. I beg you, don't kick away the hand that strengthens you. When you live in sin and compromise in life, you are kicking the hand of God that strengthens you. You are left to weakness. You are left to tiredness and confusion. I don't want God's hand to leave me. The arm that strengthens me, that empowers you, that preserves you. Live pure, live clean, live honestly, live sincerely. Let God's hand rest upon you to empower you. He will help you to accomplish things that you can accomplish no other way, like he did in the life of Joseph. You remember there to Peter in Luke 22, the Lord have told Peter, and Peter said to the Lord, Lord, even if I'm going to die, even if I have to go to prison, I will go with you. I will die with you, Lord. I love you. I will die with you. And the Lord said to Peter, Peter, the devil had desired to sift me like wheat. And he said, but I have prayed for you that when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Now, he was already converted. He was already a, a, a believer in Christ Jesus. And the Lord said to him, when you are converted, what kind of conversion is? When you come to know your impotency, how totally, completely your strength and your ability is. When you come to know your foolishness, that you are really completely, absolutely nothing without me. When you come to lose confidence in your own strength, when you learn the lesson, then and only then you'll be strong. And then you'll become a, an instrument of strength to the brethren. Peter said, no, Lord, Lord even if I'm going to die, I, I, I will never deny you. Now he was speaking out of his own strength and might. You will never be strong till you know weakness. Only those who have known weakness can be strong. Peter had to learn a hard lesson. You know what happened to him. He came to that very morning. He denied Christ three times. What happened? He, he knew that Peter is nonsense. That Peter at his best is useless. How do we become strong when you know your weakness? When you know how fragile and useless and empty you are without Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can accomplish nothing. So when we, are, when we know our weakness, then we cling to him. We completely depend in his thinking, in his wisdom, in his choices. In everything, we depend on him. And we draw everything from him they will become strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. 
if when you've seen your emptiness, your weakness, your inability to do anything right without Christ, then you learn dependence. The sin of Adam and Eve was they wanted to be independent. The devil said to me, why depend on God? Why believe God? You can take charge. Be your own man. Be your own man. Come on. You can do it on your own. What do you need God for? That's what is happening in the world today and in America. I can do it. I make up my... What is sin? Sin is independence. Eat this thing and, and leave God alone and be, look at me. I, I left heaven. I'm, I'm a man. I, I can think what I want to think. I can say what I want to say. I can do it. That's what the devil told him. You can, you can be free like me. Some people are free like the devil. I'm free, but you are free like the devil. God has come. Salvation is nothing but you and I learning again dependence. I can do nothing without you. But I can do all things through Christ that gives me what? The strength. The world we live in is ruled by independent people. Independent thinking, acting, behaving, planning, doing everything. And they accomplish so much. And we attempted to go in their way. God said to Peter, when you are converted, when you learn the lesson, when you really see what Peter really is, and you abhor yourself, when you know you can't be pure on your own, no matter how you try, that you need Christ to keep you pure, keep you clean every day. You need to, don't have to run out in the morning without, say, Lord, please, without you today, I will mess up again. Without you today, I have no strength of my own to keep the boys out. I have no strength of my own to keep the gears out. Lord, please, I surrender my heart, my mind, my soul, my eye to you. Come, Lord, and fill me today with your glory and presence. And you worship him, read the word of God and worship him, and he charge your battery, and then you can go out. And then you come back home again. You fall on your knees and thank him and worship. He said, Lord, today was wonderful because of your presence. Can somebody say hallelujah? You can't keep this body by yourself. We become strong when we mix with people. Listen to people. Draw from people who has gone through sifting and brokenness. Such people impart strength. When you are converted. Strengthen your brethren. When a church are full of people who has gone through brokenness, who have learned the emptiness of self, the emptiness of our, our wisdom and thinking, the futility of our own endeavors without Christ, and they are broken lives, they are broken people, and pride is gone, arrogance is gone, folly is gone, self is dethroned. You can see that they depend on Christ's energy for every step of their life. Such people, they strengthen one another. In a home, in a family, where the man has gone through brokenness, he has learned to totally depend on Christ. He knows his foolishness. He knows his shame. He knows his sin. And he knows how useless he is. He's just a food for demons without Christ. And he don't dare go out in the morning without saying, Lord, here I am. Purify my conscience. Cleanse me from guilt and condemnation. Keep me clean today, oh Jesus. Let's go out together. And you are infused with divine energy. You can go. 
and you go with Christ, when you learn that lesson, you become a source of strength to your wife, to your children. When you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Somebody say hallelujah. That's how we become strong. Again, you can learn, you can receive strength. When we mix with those people and listen to them and hear them. A man ran to Adam and said, Adam, Adam, please, I, I want to see God. I want to see God. I really want to see God. Adam said, oh, oh, he used to be here. But then I ate from that tree. He's gone. He ran to Noah. Noah, please, I, I, I'm so desperate for God. I want to see God. Can you let me? Oh, I, I, when after the, after the flood, I made an altar. And then he came down and smelled my sacrifice and blessed me. So you may have to rear an altar. Oh, he comes once in a while. Oh, the guy was so disappointed. He said, whom can I meet to show me God? And then he ran to Abraham. Abraham, please, can you show me God? Please. Abraham said, I had to go to Mount Moriah. And I went up there and I was about to offer my son Isaac. And then he uh, gave me a lamb for my son. Maybe you may have to climb up that mountain. And time after time I meet him. But it depends. You never know. Then he came to Moses. Said, Can you show me God? Please, Moses, show me. Moses said, oh, you want to see God? It is possible. But you have to climb up the mountain. And it may have to be there for 40 days and 40 nights. For you. The guy said, I can't climb. And he came to the priest and said, priest, please, can I see God? And the priest said, oh, oh, be careful now. Only the high priest can enter that holy of holies once in a year with the blood of animals. And he, if you go there without being pure, you come out dead. They have to pull you out. And the guy was scared to even go near. And he met the prophets. And he said, I want to see God. And they said, here and there, once in a while, he speaks, he comes. But then, it's not always. At last, he came to Jesus. He said, Jesus, can you show me God? And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is in me. I am in him. I am in him. Make sure your source of strength is not outside. God is in me. Christ is in me. You have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in me. It is not religion. It is not Christianity. It is not church. It is Christ in you. The mystery hidden from ages is now revealed. What is it? Christianity? Church? Religion? No. Christ in you. 
you overcome the evil one because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When I want strength, I run to the rock that is higher than I. I think, I meditate, God is in me. God is in me. I am the temple of Yahweh. Yahweh lives in me. God is in me. God is in me. God is in me. In that day you shall know that I am in the Father, the Father in me, and I in you, and you in me. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Is the hope of strength. I am the vine. You are the branches. The more you begin to understand that your body is not your own. Your body is a temple of ancient of days. And God is not just in heaven. God is enthroned in me. Jesus said, the works I do will you do also. The Father in me. That's how Christ conquered the world. That's how he conquered hell and death. That's how he conquered Satan. That's how he conquered sin. How? By the knowledge God is in me. God is at work in you, but to will and to do his good pleasure. Your body is the temple of Jehovah. The eternal God choose to take residence in you. The God of the universe dwells in you, dwells in me. He is our source of strength and power. And we have to learn to draw from that indwelling energy, that indwelling force, that indwelling power. God is in me. And that's my hope of glory. Christ in me. You have to remember, what does it mean to be saved? It means that self is dethroned and Christ is enthroned. You are no more on the driver's seat. As I've said here several times, years ago, I was in the vision, very crystal clear vision, like in Lunde, and I was in the car, and I was driving my little car, and the car was so stupid, they make a lot of stupid noise. I'm trying to make it run, it's all, and then the tires digging a hole and going down. And, and here is the Holy Ghost sitting down there by the seat, and I was so mad. I said, here you are, sitting down there calmly, and you can't even help me, and I'm suffering. How many times have we talked to the Lord like that? Maybe without saying a word, but really in our heart, we say, you ain't helping me. I'm dying. I'm sinking. I'm going nowhere here. I'm trying to get this moving, but nothing is moving. I was driving a stupid car. And it was making so terrible, useless, stupid noise. And it was going nowhere. And here he is sitting down there. And he just calmly, I said, you ain't helping me. He said to me, would you let me drive? I said, okay, 
Like, as I'm seeing you, I just opened the door of the car. I walk out. He came over, sit down. I went over here, sat down, and we moved. And the sound was symphony. It was pure heaven. The sound was fantastic. Quiet, calm, and moving. I said, Lord, that's wonderful. But please, can you increase the speed? Now, I'm serious. I said, can you go faster? And he wouldn't increase the speed. I said, let me drive again. God is my witness. With no argument, God wouldn't argue with you. The Holy Ghost is such a perfect, gentle person. He will never argue with you. Quietly, without even saying a word, he came out of the car. Sat down there. I went back inside. If the Lord, Lord showed the, the, the sound of your life, you see, every, everything, everybody has a sound. Even the earth, if you go to the outer space, it has a sound. The sound is like the travail of a woman in birth. The sound of the earth, our earth, our planet. It's, mm, mm, that's how, ask the scientists, they tell you. If, if God show you the inner sound of your being, you will abhor yourself. Here, what driving this guy was making, he was going nowhere. And he drove. And the sound was, wow. But I wanted him to increase the speed. Some of you are here, you feel things are not going as fast as you would have it go. You say, God, move faster. I'm getting older. I, I need to get so weird. I'm getting older, please. And God wouldn't increase the speed. He would never go by your speed. And listen, Holy Ghost was not sent here on earth for you to lead him. Now, you can stay on the driver's seat if you want to. But I have learned the lesson. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I try to let him drive. The ministry, the family, the marriage, the issues of money, I let him be on the driver's seat. And may I say this before I pray, and I hope I don't lose all of you here. Now, we are in a crisis hour that is coming. You have to put your finances in order. You have to let God be involved in your financial plan. Now, think with him, plan with him. Something strange is hanging in the air. And what the Lord told me today as I was taking a shower, he reminded me of tithing. I never knew that tithe could be that important to God. Now, tithe is more important to God than many of us think. Now, God would not be involved in your finances if you don't tithe. I know you may, be, you may not like it. Please. And I'm saying this to you, I'm saying this to myself. I try it, but I want, I want to make sure I'm most careful to the nickel and dime. Listen, there's coming a financial, I don't know what to call it. 
And you need to make sure you put your finance in order. Where God is involved, is your partner in finances. Before you buy, before you sell, before how you manage your money, get God right now involved to prepare you for the future. Don't walk in fear. Don't walk in panic. And the first thing you and I have to do is this. Make sure you put your tight in order. God have no, you cannot compel God to be involved in your finances if you don't tight. Now, why? You know why Adam lost everything? Because God gave him nine tenths and said, leave that one. Don't eat from here. That was a tight. Adam took what God did not give to him. Then he lost all that God gave to him. God have not given you the tight. And try not to take what he has not given to you. If you take what he didn't give to you, you lose all he gave to you. The first city that fell when Israel came out of Egypt, they entered the promised land. The first city was what? Jericho. And God told them, warned them, don't touch nothing in Jericho. Every riches, the money, whatever they in Jericho has to be what? Devoted to God. They have to be completely kept aside for God. Why? Jericho was the first fruit. It was a tithe. Achan took something out of Jericho. What happened? They lost the war in AI. Now we are now in AI, artificial intelligence. What do I call it? AI. <laughs> you know. So and 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 because because they touched the tight, they lost the battle in a small village. Listen, don't believe what I'm saying to you, but go home tonight and with sincerity ask God, are these things so? I'm not here to raise funds for you to give me the tight. But I am what, what I saw is coming. It will be global. You need to let God be involved in your finances. And the primary way you get God involved in your finances is in tithe and offering. God said, I am a sovereign king. Why do we give tithe? Because he is a sovereign king. When you touch the tithe, you dethrone him as king. Look how many of you fear IRS. I mean, you basically fear IRS. You don't want them to come knocking on your door. You are scared of IRS. Now, God is more than IRS. If you fear IRS and you are paying your taxes, so you fear IRS more than you fear God. Look how you are careful to file your taxes. (laughs) You walk even, so you are scared. (laughs) I'm saying, and and, and, and listen, it it is, you are dethroning God. God asked for a 10%. You are given, you are scared of IRS. You better fear God more than IRS. I am speaking to you by the Holy Spirit. This afternoon, as I was taking the shower, this as I was praying for this, the Lord brought that to me. And but he showed that to me also last week about a coming economic collapse. 
God's intention is to transfer the wealth of the hidden to the hands of his people. I believe the transfer of wealth is coming to the church. The devil wants to suck money out of the church, but God wants to bring money to the church for the end time. We are going to feed the world for this end time. We are going to be the Josephs of this hour. If we put our finances in order, bring God into your financial planning. Give him the tithe. He said, I am the great king. Honor him. It's not about obedience. It's about honor. He is the king of kings. There's something that happens when we plant that seed and lay it before God. You activate the anointing of Yahweh Sabaoth, the commander of heaven's armies. I don't want to see us, the church, impoverished and begging for bread. We all need to repent. Please. I never discussed this with Pastor Mitch. It's not his teaching, it's not his doctrine, it's not even mine. I never wanted to say this today. About four o'clock this morning, I was taking a shower. Right as I was taking a shower, the Lord brought it to me. If you don't want to live in the street and go broke and go to church and cry and pray and nothing happen, you better honor the great king. You better put his own aside first before you give IRS. And then he will be there to rebuke the devourer on your behalf. Can somebody say hallelujah? hallelujah. He will be there to rebuke the devourer on your behalf. I think I have tried to communicate all I have in my heart. But I tell you, please, even if, don't, don't say when I become rich, I'll pay. No, begin with the nickels and dimes. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you pay tight of honest and might and everything and even the herbs. But you omit the witness of the law, righteousness, justice, and equity. This you ought to have done and not to leave the other undone. That means you ought to do pay the tight, but don't exempt righteousness, justice, and equity. He never said you shouldn't pay tight. And listen, I, listen I, I'm scared. I have been shaken this afternoon. In fact, right away, if you go to my room in my table now, I got my paper. I don't want to wait. I don't want to check it in my, think it in my mind. I want to make sure I, I start writing every nickel already. It's on my table in my hotel room. Already right there. I begin to put down every little penny. I pay tight for sure, but I don't. Sometimes I can omit some things where I forget. I don't want to forget anymore. I said, I hope, Lord, if I forget anywhere, remind me. I'm putting that down. And the Lord will not be involved. In, he will let you go broke. He will let you lose your house, lose everything. He has no right to intervene in your finances as long as you disregard the great king. He said, I am the great king. Bring the full tithe into my house. Listen, we are in the world now. We are in the time where the normal economic system we used to know is over. That system of you work hard, you do this, you do well, it's over. We are now in a supernatural economic system. Much of the people that have the wealth today are demonic. They are cultic. They are satanic. They are, there's a demonic economic system already now happening. 
What you are seeing in America and in the whole world today, the system has shifted from the normal natural economic system to now a demonic thing. Money has become so demonic now. It will become more stronger because Lucifer wants to control every penny on earth. Soon he will say, you cannot buy or sell unless you have the mark of the beast. So for you and I to survive this satanic, cultic, economic system, we need the tight for God to break the backbone of darkness. It's not about thinking, planning, investing. The natural system is gone. It's completely drifting into the bowels of demonic, cultic, satanic, ritualistic, economic system. You can go to school, work hard, try everything. Even, even when you have the money, before you know it, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. What is happening? How did I get money? How did I spend? How did it go? It's gone. It's, there's a spirit now at work in money. Stronger now than ever before. And we need to present the tithe to God for him to break the devourer. For him to disarm the satanic, cultic. Do you know that much of this, our big, big people that I in, in cult, they're secret societies. They're secret societies. They're different secret societies in the world. They're not just ordinary making money normal, as you think. You making money normal where they don't. They're in cults. They go there where they shift the bottle. They have their orger balls and crystal balls. Most of the banks have witches. The system is completely going demonic. And we need the spiritual force of God to break it. Can somebody say Hallelujah. I want to see you next time stronger and blessed. You don't want to miss your source of strength, financial, spiritual. Present the full tithe to God. Don't don't despise the tithe. Don't give it with anger. Give it with joy and pleasure. Make it a joy. Make it a pleasure. Bring it with thanksgiving and celebration. Please. It will set you free. I have shared with you what will operate into my heart. Somebody say hallelujah. I have a few more of, of these copies remaining. Just about seven or so. And um, as I showed you in the, in the, in the morning time, I have this, you know, okay, the ragged day. Oh, you couldn't show much about it. And uh, for the, we are building, trying to raise up a laboratory for the school in Africa. Chemistry lab, science lab you know, biology lab. And if you can sow some seed for this, you can, I can give you the copies. And I also have some of this magazine for you. And please, some of you have forgotten that I need your monthly support. Now, many of you think everybody's supporting him. It will shock you. Ask Sister Lisa, not one penny came this September from nobody. Now, when I seem to have so many friends and everybody forgets about me, I thank God that is over tonight. Hello. Wake up. Awake, awake, awake. If you cannot send it to the Dunaway Foundation, just put it right there at the Victory Church and put it for festus every month. $5, $10, I challenge you today by the love of Christ to wake up and support me again. In Jesus' name. Amen.
few of the books remaining for those who saw a seed for the lab in Nigeria. And Pastor will come up in a little while and I'll be here to minister to you as much as we can tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everybody good? Wow, that was rich, huh? Everybody's quiet and thinking, right? Wow, wow. You know, this, this, you know, this church needed to be full tonight. Where is everyone? The day will come that they will need what he said tonight. And we need to prepare. So if you're watching online, hey, should have been here. <laughs> So what I want you to do is take what he shared tonight and encourage people to go to our website and listen. This was rich. How many hear what I said? You heard from the heart of Jesus tonight. Did you know that? No kidding. So again, I've already talked about the offering. I encourage you. Uh, uh, you can make checks payable to Victory Church. Just uh, put guest in the memo section. Anything that comes in tonight for our Offering, again, like I said earlier, we'll go to uh, Festus Ministry. Unless you put tithes in the memo section. Is that okay? I'll do it that way tonight since this is not a normal meeting. Then if you're giving online, just make sure you skip a space and, and type guest. But I encourage you to support Festus Ministry. In fact, right now, I want you to stretch your hands out to Festus. Lord, we agree with Festus as we give uh, that, Father, every need he has is met. In Jesus' name, thank you for the finances coming in that he needs to do what you have called him to do. Thank you for your provision for his ministry, for his family, for the church there in check, and for all that you're doing through him all over the world. We agree with him. Thank you for speaking to us as to what we should do. And thank you, Father, for helping us to obey your voice and hear your word clearly. In Jesus' name. For that, we just give thanks right now. So on your way out, make sure you drop your checks in the boxes or in the uh, basket there between the, between the doors, or you may be giving online, and that's good. Well, I'm going to let Festus come up here. And um, the way we normally do this, uh, I think we're just going to let him do what he wants to do, let yes. what Jesus wants to do. Is that Amen. okay? Amen. And uh, y'all good? Amen. Everybody good? So come on up. All right, can I move that team for me? If you remember in the book of Acts chapter 3, Peter came to the, Peter and John came to the man that was laid there on the gate called Beautiful. He was lame from his mother's womb and he was asking for arms. When Peter and John was about to go in, he asked them arms. And Peter and John said to him, silver and gold have I none. But what I have, give I to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says, and Peter reached out and pulled him, and his strength entered into him. His ankle bones and joint became what? Strong. And he leaping and jumping went with them into the temple. There is an impartation. There is a strengthening. There is an anointing that flows, can flow from a person to another person. 
in the book, in, in the Bible, as the Lord was here, you can remember, many people would come, they would touch his garment, and the strength would flow from him. And he would touch them or they would touch him. So there's that anointing that flows from one person to the other. So when, and the Lord Jesus said also, those that believe in man who are filled with the Holy Ghost, they will lay their hands on the sick, and the sick shall what? That, the, the word here healed me, it means to be strengthened. The Lord sent me here to strengthen you. You've heard the word tonight. I know you've been strengthened. But also there's a strengthening that comes with the touch of the hands. So as many as want, come here, line up, and I will just walk around and touch you tonight. And I give my hands to the Lord Jesus Christ to use me to touch you tonight, to strengthen you. That includes deliverances, healings, just or even just strength, a quickening, a reviving your mind, brightening divine energy. Enter in, hallelujah! So you can come in the front. And don't worry if you fall or not. No, you don't worry. All you need is a touch. A touch. And I feel the divine electricity. And I, I would advise you to get the message tonight. On CD. It's come ask Brother Sean. Get a CD of the message tonight. And play it over and over and over again. There's a divine energy flowing through it. Somebody say, touch me, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Strengthen my life. I am a gata capote petua. El amagara moshe kaburi menerus. Dosanda kamama manus. And remember, you are charged. You are strengthened by praying in the spirit. You edify yourself. Edify, charged, built up, empowered. And I, Lord Jesus, Son of God, I and your children here tonight, we come through your broken body. We walk through the flow of your blood. We come before your throne, Abba Father. Oh Father, I ask tonight that you strengthen your children. In every day they are weakened or discouraged or tired. Whatever is sucking strength from them, sucking energy from them, weakening them, paralyzing them, filling them with disease or sicknesses. Father, I pray that nobody live here tonight without your strength. Strength to live pure, to live clean, to live holy, to walk with you. Strengthen, O oh Lord, your body tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Strengthen. Come on, start worshiping him right now. Start worshiping him. Lift your hand. Don't look at me. Look at him. He's what I'm going to strengthen you. Worship him right now. Begin to say, Lord, strengthen me. 
Infuse your strength in me. I am your temple. I am your dwelling place. Feel me. Rise up in me. Lord Jesus. Let it be a surge of strength. A surge of divine strength. Lord, strengthen me with might in my inner man. Energize my life. Empower me, O oh Lord. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Lord. Touch. 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 The strength. Touch. The strength of the Lord. Touch. Divine energy.
down and come here. I want to lay hands on the choir and the singers. They need an infusion. When a strong force and power is flowing from the music. Hallelujah. All of them, everybody come. Everybody give the piano come. You stand in line. Everybody come. And those of you there, stretch your hand to them as we lay hands on them. God will protect them from the enemy and keep on empowering, anointing them, keep them united and keep them pure and undefiled. It's not about talent. It's about anointing. And they devote themselves to God, to the worship of God. One of my biggest secrets in Czech Republic is my choir. They've been saved for 29, 30 years, some of them. And I have taught them the power of purity. And you can know that the vessels that are singing there are speaking out of a pure, clean heart. And their body is sanctified, washed with pure water, no defilement, no loss, no uncleanness. Impurity, defilement, seduction, will break down the energy of a church. And Father, here are your precious vessels and tools. In this end time, keep them undefiled in spirit, in soul, in body. Lord, even in their dreams, those defiling, stupid, devilish dreams, be shut out of their systems. They will even receive songs in the night. They receive songs in the dream. Father, begin to give them your own song. Let's open your ear to hear the voice of God over Victory Church. They will sing victory song that they come out of Victory Church. Not something that is picked up here and there, but something that really burned out of their own spirit. God put it into their spirit. There's a voice, there's a song of heaven in this place. And you can connect with that very voice from heaven and begin to write songs that is totally born out of this place. Father, keep them protected. Their family, their homes, those who are single, gradually get them married, undefiled. That's one thing that helped me in my ministry there. Those years as I went there, almost everybody was a single woman and there were no men to marry them. I said, God, you have to do a miracle. Bring the godly men to marry these women. And God heard the cry of my soul. And one by one, one by one, one by one, they get established in their homes, in their families. And they get married. And they live pure lives. God doesn't care what you do. If it doesn't come from purity, it doesn't mean nothing to him. He doesn't care about talent. He, somebody can sing, angels are singing for him in heaven. When we offer sacrifice in purity, and you guys in the choir don't compete and don't speak evil of each other, or else what they are singing only ends, it doesn't go up to heaven. Don't gossip each other. If something comes up, tell the pastor, he will know how to address it. You don't have the wisdom enough to handle some issues. Don't take it by yourself. Go to the pastor, the leaders. Tell them, look, look, look. They will know how to pray 
Think about it and know how best to settle issues among you. Don't go talking and creating more confusion and chaos. The devil likes chaos and God is not the author of confusion. When a choir is sound and healthy and pure and strong, it prepares the atmosphere for God to enter in and for the voice of God to be heard. So you carry a special anointing upon you. And today, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I place my hands on you in Jesus' name. Lord, anoint them. Touch them. Touch them. Touch. Touch Jesus. Anoint their hands. Anoint them, Lord. Fresh energy and strength. Fresh strength from the Lord. Receive in Jesus' name. Touch Jesus. Touch them, Father. In Jesus' name. Loosen in Jesus' name. Touch. Receive from the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. Church, lift your hand and bless them right now and pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Don't speak against them. Don't gossip them. Bless them. Pray for them. Ask God to use them more. Appreciate what God is using them in the church for. Tell them I was blessed. Encourage them. Strengthen them, encourage them, appreciate them. Yes, in Jesus' name. Thank you, dear Father. Thank you, Father. Father, strengthen this church, the pastor, the wife, the choir, those who are in leadership in this church. Father, strengthen them, protect them against every arrows of darkness and hell, against every demonic jealousies and envy. We bind those forces of evil. Thank you, dear Father. Church, I bless you. I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Remember, I know many of you here in America, you all go on holidays and you go here and there, want to get refreshed, want to go to Andalusia, want to go to Spain, want to go to Caribbeans. And what I, I'm trying to get the Western Christians to understand. You need to take your Bible at least once a month and go to a church and stay there with, before God. One such a day can save your life. Just take your water, take your Bible, go where you are alone. You have a big church here. You can have a room, even the youth room. Just go there and spend the day before God. The world is too noisy for you to hear God. Learn to wait on him. Those who wait on him will renew their strength. Please. This, is the, this was the fundamental Christian way of living. People pull away from everyone. Before you rush into any decisions, take a day off. And just take your Bible and your water. Lie down there. Sleep. Rest. Wake up. Read your Bible. Pray. Say, Father, speak to me. Develop a hearing ear. We are living in a dangerous world. I taught my people in church. I have people in the church, in our church, some of them will go for seven days with water. Seven days. Some of you guys say, fast television, fast TV. <laughs> I said, what kind of people is this? You need to fast your head, fast your thinking. Take your Bible one day. God, listen, God is not so cheap as you think. Take your Bible. Instead of wasting the time in the hospital, 
you can spend the day and, and you are safe from your from catastrophe. And wisdom will enter into your heart. I have spoken to you. You have a big church here. You have a big spaces. Tell the pastor, get one room that is open for anyone. Saturdays or whatever, take your Bible, go there with your water, spend the day praying, fasting, reading your word. And feed your spirit till that word gets into your heart. It will bring wisdom. We are tired of smart heads. Smart heads have destroyed the world. We need now people who know how to wait on the Lord. God bless you.